nearly had another disaster um, about a week ago. I phoned up a friend. I said, I've got some pampas grass in my garden and I don't know what to do with it. It, was just, it looked a bit tight to me. And he said, well, just set a light to it. <laughs> and uh, that's what you're meant to do with pampas grass. Just light it, apparently. So I just went out one of these lighter things and um, it's a little more of a flamethrower. And um, there was a bit of a wind going and it's right next to an electric, one of these wooden electric posts. It's right next to my hedge. And... Um, it just took off. <laughs> and the neighbours, the crowd started uh, coming around the neighbourhood. This is my new neighbourhood. Is this a real fire or are you just uh, burning some leaves? And uh, so we started with buckets of water and um, gradually got the thing under control without calling the fire brigade. But it was a close shave, but it let me see the power and uh, seriousness of fire. But the other serious side to it is I wish you could see that pampas grass today. It's only maybe 10 days ago and there's little green shoots coming through and it's almost jet black with, with what we've done to it but you can just see what's going to happen to it now. Refiner's fire. My heart's one desire is to be holy. You can see the effect of fire purifying. Our story today at Pentecost is about fire it's about wind. It's about a crowd. And what did Pentecost mean to the Jewish people? Christians have sort of hijacked it a bit. It's become a Christian festival. It was changed. Its name was changed by the Greeks to Pentecost. The word Pentecost means 50. Because it was 50 days from the Passover to Pentecost. When they would celebrate a sort of a harvest festival. It was also a celebration time when they would remember that the law was given to them. The Old Testament law, the Ten Commandments, was given to them uh, supposedly 50 days after the Exodus in the Old Testament. And then the Christians have this tremendous experience, which we've heard read to us, of Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit came. And then we've changed it again to Whit Sunday because we did a lot of baptisms. We used to do a lot of baptisms. And people wore white, and so that's White Sunday, and that's why we have... Whitson, I suppose you all knew that, but anyway, a wee bit of extra trivia for you. Um, so we've made it a Christian festival. It's already a big, big festival. And here in Jerusalem, where we pick up this story, there are a lot of people, extra people, from all those different countries that Glynis read to us in Jerusalem to celebrate the uh, Pentecost. And the people that follow Jesus have been waiting. Do you remember me speaking exactly 50 days ago on this particular topic? And I said that Jesus told them to wait before they went out in the ministry. And this is what they're doing. These people are waiting. And they're waiting from the power from on high. It was in Luke 24, verse 49, I think. Jesus said to wait for the power from on high. So the followers of Jesus are 50 days later still waiting and wondering probably in a state of confusion, almost certainly in a state of fear because of the crowds that are there in Jerusalem. The crowds who could turn in, in, on Jesus over a period of a week from following him and supporting him on the entry into Jerusalem to turn and to crucify him. That same crowd surely could turn against the followers of Jesus. So there's an element, there's two things going on here. There's the fear and the keeping your head down, lying low. 
And there's the waiting, there's the longing for the promise. And do you think it's a coincidence that exactly 50 days after the Passover lamb was slain and they received the Ten Commandments, we had the Passover lamb of Jesus Christ crucified and risen. And 50 days later, something big happens. Is that just a coincidence that it's the same? I think it's... They talk about the shadowlands, don't they? The Old Testament is a shadow of things that come about in the, in the New. And this is what's happening again here. This is God saying, I am in control. This is the sovereign God. And I know it raises an awful lot of, a lot of questions about God being in control. But to me, this is a tremendous demonstration. This is God, the eternal God, saying, I can go straight into a particular point in time and space. And time and space will never be the same again because of Pentecost. The Spirit came and God was saying the law has had its day. The law is being fulfilled when Jesus came and the new day has come. It's the time of the Spirit, the time of the acts of the Spirit. And when the Spirit came, they heard it went, sort of went through the senses, and I'll just mention them to you so you can listen out for them. They heard, they saw, they felt, they experienced, and then they spoke. They heard, they saw, they felt an experience, and then they spoke it out. What did they hear? It says they heard a sound like a violent wind. It didn't say there was a violent wind. They weren't looking outside and thinking there's a storm coming. They heard... And it, I can imagine it just built up and it built up and it built up. And they knew something big was about to happen. The air of expectancy within the room of the followers knew that this was the day. And then they saw, it says, tongues like fire. Now the picture book image that we've got is that sort of people with sort of tongues of fire in the head. That doesn't do anything for me at all. It's, but it says there was a flame like my pampas grass maybe there was, a, there was a flame that they could see now we're talking supernatural here we're not talking about I, I don't know if we're talking about something that was glowing but in the, in the mind's eye of the supernatural they saw like a flame that divided and went and lit on each one of them and if you're trying to get a picture, I suspect the halo that we see in the ancient paintings is probably closer to what happened. It was a sort of a glow of something different about each one as the Holy Spirit came upon them. Now, they'd seen God work before. They'd seen Jesus risen from the dead. And it hadn't made a lot of difference to them. They still hadn't understood the gospel of the kingdom. Because just before Jesus was ascended to heaven, they were still asking daft questions about the kingdom. So what was different now was that the power had come. This was the power of the Holy Spirit that they were experiencing. All of them, it says, were filled. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Something, it's, it's not... Sort of like I had an Indian uh, meal on Friday and I felt full after it. It's not that sort of feeling. You know, I just sort of rolled into bed and wished I hadn't started. 
It's not that sort of feeling. It's going on continuously, a feeling of being filled to overflowing. I asked Pat to do a little experiment with me, um, which I think it'll make a difference to how we understand this, but it'll certainly make a difference to Pat. Uh, um, I've got some boiling, I've got some boiling water here, and that's just a towel to wipe your hands. Um, we've all had this experience before of the plastic beaker and the boiling tea, you know, and um, it's very hard to hold on to it when it gets a bit hot. Uh, I don't know if we have, oh, we have a doctor in the house. <laughs> uh, I'm going to pour this boiling water in here and see how long she can hold it. Probably gone cold now. It was yes. <laughs> well. The reason for that, apart from being, thanks very much. Um, Advisions of soaking are there, so I'm glad there wasn't too much water about. Um, you see, the problem with us and this experience of filling is that we want to control what happens when we're filled. And what happened there is, as that cup was being filled. She had to let go at a point. And she had, there had to be a point where she had to say, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm letting go here. And it's a good picture for the problem that we've brought on ourselves as Christians. As God wants to fill us to overflowing, we want to control what's happening. But God says, let go. Let me do whatever I want with you. Let go of your fears. Let go of your pride. Let God take control. Experience the filling. And it says in Acts chapter 2 that they began to speak. The third of the... The fourth of the um, senses. They began to speak. Now if I can just stop the action here. And say that this is the first Pentecost I'm talking about. These guys had no idea what was going to happen. We know what was going to happen. We know that the tongues is, and all the arguments that's gone on about tongues ever since. These guys did not know what was going to happen. So if I can stop the action here, that they're being filled, filled to overflowing. And I was just welling up, welling up, welling up like a kettle until they burst out and spoke. And they spoke. And they probably looked at each other and thought, what was that? Don't know. And you can imagine the shock as they spoke in a tongue that they didn't understand. This was powerful stuff. They knew that the Holy Spirit was doing something new. And they couldn't help but let themselves overflow and if we try and hold on to that experience so that we will experience it our way in the stiff British upper lip way then you won't experience what God has for you he asks you to let go and such is the commotion that they drew a crowd now again that raises some questions which I struggled with as I was preparing because they were in a room and suddenly there was a crowd Personally, I think they went, having had this experience, to the temple. 
and continued to pray. But that's just interpretation that some people would put on it. But the crowd drew from countries far and wide. It says in Acts 2, 9 and 10, the list that Glenis read for us. Do you want to read them again, Glenis, those list of names? No, I thought maybe you didn't. <laughs> but there's a lovely phrase in verse 12 which says, they were utterly amazed and perplexed. Does that word perplexed? which is a lovely feel to it. They're confused. There's some guy there from Asia, a Chinaman, and he hears a bearded, unwashed, hairy fisherman talking in his language about Yahweh. This is a Jewish festival, and that's how the power of the Spirit is falling. This is what God can do. That bearded old fisherman didn't know what he was saying. But he was speaking straight into the hearts of that Asia person. And then what happened is also common. It's common sight today that we see on TV pictures of, usually on every man. They'll turn up at some charismatic meeting and there'll be some lady speaking in tongues and worshipping God. And lost. She's let go. But the TV camera's zooming in. The camera can't pick up the power. It's what it can't do. And effectively, the camera is making fun of the lady and the meeting because it just cannot pick up the power. So when people can't pick up and realize the power, they will make fun of them. That's what it says in Acts 2, verse 13. But they said they're drunk. These guys are drunk. And sometimes I'm just as guilty myself of that. When we're sitting here singing, and I've got my hymn book, and we're singing, Come, Holy Spirit. And then somebody will start getting lost in God, and I'm going, Let your fire fall. And I'm just you know, looking all around me, and I'm holding on to the beaker. And God's saying, Let go. Let go. Abandon your fears. Abandon your pride. Speak it out. Dance. Break dance if you want. Whatever expression the Spirit wants to do, I urge you, let go. Let God's power, let the Spirit pour over. It's a risk. It's a risk that you look daft. They didn't know what they were going to speak. They didn't know what it would sound like. And what's it all for? Have you ever heard of a fifth? A funny internal feeling. Is that what it's all for? So we can all have like feelings of bubbling over, speaking in tongues. I don't think so. Yes, it is a lovely feeling. And when it happened to me at the age of 14, it's made a mark in my life which I'll never forget. And I just couldn't stop myself speaking gibberish. But it wasn't gibberish. I was praising God in a language that he'd given me. And I did have a funny internal feeling, a fifth. But that's not just what it was for. And if ever there was a demonstration of what God's power does in us, then Peter is that demonstration. Peter, the guy who denied Jesus three times. Peter... A Jew stands up and says, these guys 
aren't drunk. And Peter, a Jew, was speaking to Jews at a Jewish festival to a Jewish crowd and he was saying, your Jewish Messiah has been and you crucified him and he's risen, he's in glory and what you are witnessing today is the Holy Spirit coming. This is the day of the acts of the Holy Spirit. That's what Peter was saying after verse 14. And to me that's a demonstration of what it's all about. Peter who could deny suddenly when it came upon him and he spoke with the tongues and had this release. He was able to stand up and address that crowd. And it says the 3,000 people towards the after his sermon 3,000 people turned to Christ that day. Do you want some of that? I do. Three out of three. If everyone here was able to lead three people to God, there may be 250 people in the kingdom of God this year. And can you imagine what would happen if, if we went out with that zeal and that desire and those sort of visions? I know we want some of that. Let's abandon ourselves to the filling of the Holy Spirit. And some of you say, well, I've had it. It's a continuous filling. It, the word filling means go on being filled. So you can't have just had it. You can still abandon yourself today and receive again the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying there's a Pentecost all over again. There was one Pentecost. There was one visitation by the Holy Spirit into time and space. And I said that time and space was never the same again. But the Holy Spirit will come upon you where you are as you abandon yourself and let him take control. What can stop you? Well, I've already been mentioning things that will stop you. Fear, pride, sin, something that you know is getting in the way of God and you're just hanging on to it. Let go. Unbelief will never happen to me. Don't believe it's really true anyway. Tongues. Unbelief, that is. Let go. I think I'll finish there. Come, Holy Spirit. Let your fire fall. Amen. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are not another God. You are the third part of the Trinity. And that you have not left us as orphans to paddle about here on earth while Jesus comes back. That you are with us. You're with us here. You're with us now. Lord God, help us to let go. Let go of whatever it is that's stopping you. Taking control, filling us to overflowing. Lord, we don't want to stop you. And Lord, give us a vision for people. People coming to know you. Give us boldness to speak so that people can take that step. Find you, our neighbors, our friends. Come, Holy Spirit, let your fire fall. Amen.
us pray. Gracious Lord and Father of all mankind, we thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Lord, for your presence here today. We bow our heads in humble adoration and we thank you for your readiness to hear and to forgive. For you are the rock of our lives, the shield of our salvation. We thank you again, Lord, for the blessing of your Holy Spirit, that we may live our lives in obedience to your commandments. We come before you today to pray for our church and the world. Lord Jesus, we thank you for Alan, Nikki, and their children, for Stalker and Lynn. We pray you will be with them and bless them greatly as they prepare to start their new ministry. Lord, we pray for St. George's and the Art Centre, that the right persons will be found to lead our congregations. We thank you, Lord, that everything that happens fits into a pattern of those who love you. Gracious Lord, we pray for our church, that soon funds will be released to start work on the building, to glorify your name, to serve you and our community, that through your Holy Spirit, as on the day of Pentecost, there will be an empowering upon this place. May you bless today all those who knew you and have turned away. May they know you again in all your glory. We pray for family, friends, neighbours, passers-by, that they will see you through us, all the love we have for you. Lord, may we dwell in peace. Give us one heart, one mind and a true interpretation of your word. Lord, we thank you for those in leadership, and we pray for wisdom and discernment, that you will be there at the centre of all decision-making. Strengthen them for the tasks ahead. Lord Jesus, we pray you will bless them greatly. Heavenly Father, we pray for young people, growing in a difficult and dangerous world for young Christians as they strive to live out their faith. We pray for your protection always. Lord, we pray for all those who are struggling with the business of life. May you strengthen them. Give wisdom to all professions where skills and decisions need accuracy. For those whose labour is monotonous, we pray for endurance. And Lord, we pray for a successful Children's Fund Day on Saturday. May many families come and enjoy the day. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we pray for the world. God of peace, hear our prayer, that governments may turn from warlike ploys of power. Lord, make their councils conform to what is 